listeners, and welcome to another episode of The Lowdown, where we talk about the low files featuring Rob Lowe and Rob Lowe's sons and Shaman John, and <sighs> weird lady talking about Rob Lowe's root, and Boat, <laughs> this, this week featuring Boat and Ocean, and not a lot of mystery. I am one of your hosts, Chris Cogswell. I am joined by Marie Mayhew, also Sam Fredrickson, and Rob Christofferson. How's it going, guys? Pretty sweet. Oh, not a lot it, of mystery. It's good. Welcome to the Lowdown, episode two, a boatload of boatload. I gotta say, I think Boat is my new favorite Rob Lowe Files character. <laughs> is the Boat? Boat Lowe? Boat is a good character. <laughs> boat brought out the most interesting things of Rob Lowe, including Vomit, which was cool. Oh my which lord, is, yeah. that was yeah. Although I guess uh... that was really ridiculous. I was like, they... Like, I feel like usually when an actor vomits, that's, like, the thing they cut. Yeah. like, the thing that they zoom in on. Well, but nothing well, all else I know is I would normally have to pay, you would have to pay pretty good money otherwise to see him vomit. Yeah. I mean, that's, right? Is that, like, okay. something he Let's just get does into... for private audiences, or? <laughs> Those are after-party moments. I mean, he did it on TV. Nice. How, okay, how frustrating is it that even a minute, like, immediately after Rob Lowe vomits, he still looks fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. Because Rob Lowe. Like... Wait, yeah, Rob but like I vomit, I vomit, and I come up, and like my beard is covered in like pink All mystery right, goo, so... and I'm sweating and crying, <laughs> and I'm like, help me! And Roblo's like, oh, I threw up a little bit. It's like you just threw up so much, dude. <laughs> Frustrating. It's, it is sad. So now that we got that out, let's actually tell <laughs> nice people what the uh, what the episode was fine. about. Um... Fine, whatever. You just know where I stand. It's fine. <laughs> Go ahead. <laughs> I think we have a quorum saying that none of us look good post-vomit. No. And the only one no. historically, Roblo. Maybe Roblo's offspring. We haven't seen them up Chuck yet, but you know, uh, so we're still kind of early days. I would early say days. Uh, probably Ulysses S. Grant as well. I would think that he could take a vomit pretty, you know, stay pretty cool during all that. Grant? Yep. Okay, I'll, I'll give you Grant. All I'll right, give you Grant. All we right. have a, we're gonna have to go into uh, we're gonna have to go into some archives to find that one out. But I'll, I'll go with Grant. <laughs> Wait, so, Ulysses S. Grant? Yeah, Ulysses S. Grant. Oh yeah, he probably no. Was he, there no, another he Ulysses Grant he, that you were thinking? He, no, of? I, just, I just wasn't sure. I was he's like, he's got to be the most well-adjusted I mean, yeah, you know, vomiter ever. He, <laughs> I was gonna say he had to keep it together though, because they like they're they're like. Every every history of the Civil War you read, they're like, and then there was Ulysses S. S. Grant, who was a historical drunk, and yet managed to keep his shit together long enough to win the war and then become a pretty good president. Isn't, there so you it's go. amazing. Isn't that there the most go. any of us could want for the history books to remember? Really, <laughs> really that's, that's all I want. I want a statue that was like, he didn't poop his pants. So that's that's all I want for a president. <laughs> that's all that's I want. Fair. <laughs> oh, okay. Good okay. night, everybody. You've been great. Anyway, That's okay. been okay. So, All right. alien underwater base. Yeah. That, oh, wait. Yeah. I just wanted to put alien in there because it's more interesting. So, as Rob Lowe tells us at the beginning of the episode, off the coast of Malibu, not so deep into the, you know, into the water, is a flat surface that could be or could not be a alien base. And he's found it. Even though it's secret. 
on Google. Actually, I, I, I have to, I, I have to say it, it is pretty deep mm. down. It's like almost half a mile. <laughs> yeah, it's two thousand okay. feet down, at least. Oh wow. Uh huh. Yeah. Off and he heard lore of this in his youth in Malibu and strange lights flickering over the ocean and so forth along those lines. So him and the boys, him and John Owen and and uh, the other one, Matt Matthew. Go and uh, decide to check it out. But after they after they go out to eat and talk about the car for a little bit, of course. Well, actually, actually, so I thought I thought the way it had happened rather was that he grew so he grew up right near this area, mm-hmm. and he had heard about like aliens and whatever, and then and like the water being strange or you know all that mm. kind of good stuff. And then on Google Earth, there was an image of like a. Because, you know, Google Earth is, like, the best, highest quality images of everything, especially oh, yeah. deep under the water. Oh, yeah. Um, like, I guess I guess Google had done, like, a survey of the ocean as well because, They're I guess, when you have Google, Google money. Yeah, when you have Google money, who gives a shit what you waste it on? And so they, like, <laughs> added it to Google Earth for some reason. And so people were, like, looking on Google Earth and they saw this, you know, I mean, everyone knows what the bottom of the ocean looks like normally. Right. And so we all had a really good idea when we saw it on Google Earth, and we were like, well, that doesn't look normal for us, who have all been to the bottom of the ocean and definitely know what it should look like. Oh, yeah, man. Especially oh, yeah. Am I getting my point across? Every week. We don't know what the bottom of the ocean looks like. This could be completely normal. We have no idea. Right. right. Anyways. That's part of the mystery. So, That's part of the terror of the ocean. Is it part of the mystery? Is it? It is. It is. I'm not, I'm not so sure. The fact it's... that we don't know. The fact that we don't know is the mystery. Yes. This is... No, absolutely no. The ocean is mysterious and terrifying. I'm, I'm with you on that. Sure. It's very archetypal of like the hero's journey, and there's like the call to action, and uh, the mm-hmm. call to action is investigating spooky stuff, and uh, yeah. and I gotta say, he investigates it. At the very it's, least, he, he investigates it. And he's he does. He bringing does his kids along with them, and again, they're they're you know, they're yeah. This one this one's hard to this one's hard to rally around. Again, like I do love it when you know. I felt like they were getting into a groove. They announced what they were doing. They gave the premise, and then they go out to eat. And as Chris has pointed out, and then Rob Lowe doesn't bring his wallet. <laughs> <laughs> and but he has a good reason for not bringing. Yeah, but he's not like, just a cheapskate. Yeah. No, 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 no. I think it, does I he? think that is a reason. He's just coming up with a reason on the fly why he's being a cheapskate at the current moment. I was gonna say. I was gonna say. I could tell you guys. Like, whatever, like, oh, no, you know, as an engineer, whenever I go to a plant, they make us take everything out of our pockets, and so I never bring my wallet with me, and I'm just so, like, handsome and adorable that you'll believe me. (laughs) But Rob Lowe, I mean, okay, it's his kids anyways, like, whatever, like, my mom, I I pay for my mom whenever she comes out here, like, whatever, That that part to me doesn't really, like... The problem I have with this damn episode is that nothing happens. Oh, yeah. It's like it like uh, I watched it on demand and without commercials. This episode is like thirteen minutes. Long. Yeah, minutes. I, I, I every it's single ridiculous. one of them is ridiculous. Uh, that's kind of the it's letdown true. of these. Like mm-hmm. the episodes we're going to be recapping is like you were given an hour initially, and then bam, we dropped down to half an hour of programming. And like Snatched a pretty it. good hour. Yeah, too. it was a yeah. good hour. A pretty good hour. Yeah. I think that's I think that's one I think that's one point that we I think that's one point actually. Marie, we had, when we had talked about this kind of mm-hmm. whatever off the air, I guess, um, you had brought up to us all that your mo- I think it was your mom, right? Or was it 
Sam's no, it was Sam's mom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sam's mom said she was like let down. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Like she felt like she had gotten into this thinking it would be something mm-hmm. that it, something different than what the show ended up being. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like right. And and really, when she first said that, her exact words were. Well, I'm not going to use her exact words. Her modified words <laughs> were, "I feel ripped off because this." This is just about Rob Lowe and his sons taking a vacation, and they conned us yeah. all into believing it was going to be some big. But then I thought, I sat, and at first I was like, "Oh, mom, you're being you're being silly." But then I I sat and I said, "Okay, not only do you have a good point, but we also have to accept that at no point, no point during the promotion, during the the show itself, did they ever say this was going to be anything more." Then Rob Lowe and his no. sons just going <laughs> no. out no, doing stuff. No, it's called, stuff. yeah, it's not called, like, Paranormal Report with Rob Lowe <laughs> or, like, Rob Lowe Bigfoot Hunter. It's called The Lowe Files. Exactly. And it's like him, it's like, even in the intro, they're like, I love looking at weird stuff with my sons, and so we're going to go on a road trip and look for this stuff. And when you, and it's like, <sighs> well, when you look yeah. at it under that lens, under that microscope, because I went back and I watched uh, the, the other two episodes we're going to recap this time. I watched it under that uh, that scope, and I was like, you know what? Lowering lowering my expectations brought me so much more joy and so much more just, like, enjoyment of the entire process. So, uh, listeners, l- take those expectations, just cut them down at the root, bring them down, yell timber, and uh, let's go forward, okay? All right. See, so, I but, would... But yeah, then, go ahead, Marie. So, and this was my concern at the first the first pass that this was going to be sort of a wink wink nudge nudge but but at the same time i'm like you know i feel like uh no you don't get to just have the family vacation televised and paid for by a and e i mean you do you do you have a certain promise or obligation with your audience that you have made right if you it's Chekhov's gun right if you introduce bigfoot in all of your promo you know, at some point, you're going to have to deliver on Bigfoot. doesn't have to be in the first couple of episodes, but you have to deliver on something more than like, and then we had s'mores, <laughs> and it was great. You know, or, you know, that you have to have something. You have to pay off a little bit more if that's the premise that you've decided to linchpin this whole thing on. So, And it's not that I don't love Rob Lowe and his boys, because I do. They're adorable. I'm sure that they'll be paying for meals for him for years to come, which is fine. But it's still, it's still like, especially this one, I'm like, okay, so, and they did bring on, they brought on another expert as well. So I was like, oh, maybe, you know, the woman from MUFON, when they're actually on the boat. Well, let's talk about quickly how they got on the boat, what the boat was. That good idea, good idea. To, yeah. I like that. So the boat was the boat that, James Cameron used for Titanic and then for something else. James Cameron just seems to spend a lot of time underwater for some reason. Mm. And so like, this is the boat that he does it on. And I guess Rob Lowe called him one weekend and was like, Hey, I got like, I got A&E money. I'm like stupid rich right now for travel stuff. Can I use your weird boat? And James Cameron was like, yeah, it doesn't do anything else. Come use my boat. (laughs) He's and like, that was hey, it. Jimmy. <laughs> That's what happened. Hey, Jimmy, me and the boys want to take the boat out. Is that cool with you? And he was like, Rob, of course, have you been? <laughs> we'll wow, you that's how we're boat. saying this is happening. Yeah, it's kind of weird because, so, this boat, it's interesting. They get on this boat, and the boat is equipped with a 
remote operating vehicle or ROV, which is a I think ROV stands for remote operating vehicle. I'm yes, pretty sure. it does. I didn't check. I'll that, allow it. Pretty sure. Okay. Okay. Cool. So we we got our fact checkers here. We're good. So. <laughs> The ROV, so it's like these, it's these people that like work on this boat and know what they're doing. Rob Lowe, his two sons, and then a random woman from UFON who has one line where she says, I've heard that there are UFOs in this water. <laughs> and like, that's it. That's all bum, she bum, says. Bum. <laughs> and, then, and then I think she says, and then I think she says too, when they see, they missed, they like, they're looking at the thing and she's like, wow, this is weird looking or something like that. And it's, you know, whatever. So the the whole thing is they go down to see this formation, whatever it is that they're not sure, and because they're on an ROV, this thing is like three miles wide. It's super deep. Like it's it's really these aren't the best conditions, even if you had all the time in the world to do like a full scientific survey of the area. Um and so it's even worse when you're like literally using a robot with a camcorder basically on it and a little flashlight. And the the captain even explains, or I don't know if he's the captain or if he's like the guy that does ROV, kind of whatever. It wasn't really clear what he, he was. He's the intern. <laughs> <laughs> Let the whoever intern he was today. Yeah. Whoever he was, he was like he was like, well, you know, we're we're looking at a at a feature that is like six meters wide, and our camera can see maybe thirty centimeters <laughs> or something. Like it's not super they're not getting a wide enough range of vision with the depth and then with the light itself that they can really get a, a sense of what this thing is so basically they just kind of like wasted a lot of money on a cool time for rob Lowe and his kids which yeah like if you're looking at it from sam's perspective this the new perspective <laughs> i guess where it's all about rob Lowe and his kids that's cool except they showed a lot like the thing is this so for me, this show doesn't show itself as a like a normal reality show. If it was like, you know, keeping up with the lows, but they're like <laughs> looking for Bigfoot too, that'd be one thing. But every episode you go like it's they kind of frame it as we're doing this investigation and it's going to be not serious necessarily, but at least we're going to try. Right. But mm -hmm. these episodes like the, you know, these episodes, it's like, we're going to look for an alien base that's underwater, so we're just going to go into the ocean and look at this weird thing. And it's like, the ocean is ginormous. You know what I mean? It reminds me of that It reminds me of that scene in Invader Zim when the aliens tell... They tell they tell Zim that they want to meet him in the forest. And he's, like, vague, but okay. Like, that's what this reminds me of. Like, they're like, oh, we're going to go hunt for Bigfoot. Where? You know, woods. Around. Around. Yeah. Yeah, like, we're just gonna go find some woods that Bigfoot supposedly was seen in. But they did find... Like, look. But they did find some perfectly symmetrical circles. What? What were they? Oh, my God. Oh, like, that's woods? true. That's were they, true. Were they dials? No. no they were, were clamshells. No. Not exactly. No. No, they were detritus. Just see detritus. And and, and they were not alien <laughs> earrings, according to Rob Lowe. <laughs> right. No, they oh, were alien earrings. I will yeah, say the alien earrings. Yeah. I will say I did learn something from this show, or from this episode. I learned that sand dollars, and maybe everybody else in the whole wide world knows this. I learned that sand dollars were once alive. Uh, and they are essentially the skeletons of, of their former self. 
And that made me really reevaluate all my childhood memories of my parents bringing me home sand dollars from the Oregon coast. And it, it, it kind of messed with me. Oh, I've been nice. dealing with that for a few oh, weeks nice. now. Nice. So the Lowe's owe you some, some retro, some you know, some, some cash for some uh, therapy. Sweet. Yeah, that's what I'm hearing. Sweet uh, pain and suffering money. Yes. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. What I, so, what I especially loved about Sam's take was he's like, so you guys, I think I think we can say. So I've learned something today. I've learned something here today, and I was like, "Oh, sweet! It's the great. It's like the moral sum up, which is yeah. you know, you take away a little you something. Know, if you know James Cameron, you can waste a whole shitload of time in <laughs> just on a boat. So Rob, you had so Rob. I think Rob has the best sum up of this episode, which is what is that thing actually down there? Okay, so like this whole thing is dubious to begin with. Okay, because this goes this goes back to 2014. All right, so Jimmy Church he hosts this show uh, called Fade to Black, and I think he sometimes does stints on Coast to Coast. But a listener named Maxwell uh, in May of 2014 brought him this Google Earth image. And I think it was uh, the one where you can see, like, the pillars from the side and all that stuff, the supposed right. pillars. And, um, you know, he he got a graphic designer to take a whole bunch of pictures of that supposed anomaly. And he was putting it out there that it could be a supposed underwater alien base. So uh, about a month later, uh, Lee Spiegel, who is a writer for the Huffington Post, he he writes in their weird news section uh in an article titled uh the truth behind the malibu underwater alien base so he talks to at first he talks to jimmy church and gets his take on it jimmy church says that thing looks greek <laughs> okay uh, sure so but stupid. uh so stupid but uh <laughs> I'm down. I'm there. I'm there. I'm back on. I'm back uh, on. But uh, Lee Spiegel, he talks to uh, a guy with the U.S. Geological Survey named David Schwartz. Schwartz looks at it and says, that is not, it's not unusual looking. What he says is that it is a thrust fault, which is, uh, it, which means that one side of the crust moves up over the other, is, is basically what he said. And this area is called Sycamore Knoll. And uh, let me find it here. But uh, it was actually mapped out by the Geological Society of America in 2009. And if you look on the map, it, it shows the perfect oval shape. So um, <laughs> he keeps going on. He keeps talking so, to people. Okay. Uh... And he talks to Ben Hansen. Okay. And Ben Hansen, for those that don't know, he uh, was a former FBI agent, and he is the former host of uh, Sci-Fi Channel's Factor Faked, which was a great show where they, um, a bunch of uh, people got together and uh, looked at certain images or videos and tried to debunk them. And he took a picture. He, he got on Google Earth. He got this, uh, this area at a, at a certain angle. And the supposed pillars are actually what they look like are deep cuts in the ridges, uh, in in the ridge mm. right there, because it drops off right at the edge. So the supposed pillars are just ridges. That's all they are. And here's the thing that here's the thing that annoys the crap out of me is even if you look at the original Google Earth mm. image, 
You can see other ridges on other parts of the ocean floor right Yeah, there. it's right next to it. <laughs> you can see the ridges. Like, it's not like... It's not like this is a perfect Roman column <laughs> with cuts into it and stuff, and there's, like, a sphinx down there, and people are like, well, I don't know. You know, the Earth can throw up some weird things. This is, like, clearly a, a, a giant piece of rock ridge that just is darker in some... Like, deeper in some spots than others that people are taking out of context. Like, it's... It's so dumb, and it's frustrating that this episode, like, that to me means if they had spent five minutes Googling what this base was, they could have had their answer right mm-hmm. away. Yeah. That's, that's like, frustrating. And I, actually, that... But then what so would Christop- have James Cameron's boat done? I know! <laughs> but, so, like, Chris, so like Christops, Christops yesterday, we did the Dark Myths, we did, like, a Dark Myths uh, podcast interview um, together, so he interviewed me, and he asked... He actually asked me what was my least favorite, one of my least favorite things about the paranormal community. And I said, taking every theory on its face as being as valid as any other theory, Mm. right? Like not, not taking into account other possible explanations. So for me, if something extraordinary is being claimed as an explanation for something, we should go through all of the possible rational explanations first, right? And then when there's no other rational explanation, you got something weird. That's when we get the Skinwalker ranches uh-huh. and the Betty and Barney Hill cases. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, that's when we get really weird shit that's good and long-lasting, not stupid Google Earth images that are easily debunked right away. And so the fact that, like, like why would that MUFON lady agree to come on this ship at all if she had spent more than ten minutes Googling this base beforehand? Right. Um, and the reason is that they don't they don't check. There's no quality control. Yeah. Well, and with MUFON, what I've noticed in some of my... MUFON is split in to, in my opinion, two very separate camps. And the first are just, like, good people. I don't know which camp this lady fell in. I'm just going to say. but Yeah, absolutely. No. Yeah, we have no idea. Well, this lady might here's be the, thing. the um, smartest person right. in the her name, her name is Chase Klotsky, okay? And okay. from what I understand about her, she uh, is the leader of a certain team within MUFON. She okay. recently, like, as of Friday or Saturday, she went on Coast to Coast AM to talk about the underwater alien baits. I didn't listen Ooh. to it, but oh, okay. she was talking well. about it. So if that is any indication. And, <laughs> and, like, here's the thing. I understand why people think that there's an underwater alien base off of California. There are a lot of, like, especially around Catalina Island, there are a lot of USO sightings and stuff like that, but it's just you, you can't throw in and say, "Oh, this random anomaly that we can see on mm-hmm. Google Earth images—that's got to be an underwater base." Yeah, it's 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 not this rock. Right. Yeah, that we that the geological survey went down and took notes on and mapped out. Yeah, and I mean like it's not and that the, rock. and it's a major. Uh, according to the uh, guy from the geological survey, it is a major uh, fault area. So. I mean, it, it just seems so, yeah. And, it's, and that's the thing. So we actually, it's kind of funny. Marie and I are working, or we worked, we have this story in our back pocket that happened in my backyard in Claremont, New Hampshire, when I was living at Katie's grandma's place. And it happened many years ago, but it's like a local legend. It's mm-hmm. very famous in that area. And the folks from... The folks from MUFON who I've contacted about the case are like, don't talk about this case because it makes us look bad. Ah. Right? 
They uh-huh. like they think that the case is like because it's this guy and his wife who claim to have psychic communication with ghosts for like twenty years, right? And and so like that's fine. Like they could not want us to talk about it. But then you have people peddling this crap about this underwater base. Like that's. I think the fact that this woman and her husband both thought that they were in contact with aliens mm-hmm. is far more interesting than someone misinterpreting yeah. Google Earth yeah. and then it getting blown out of proportion. Right. 100%. You know? And we're going to tell that story. We're going to tell that story, fans. You just yeah. wait. No, we're going to have the Claremont UFO case. I actually was reading the book this weekend. It's such a crazy book! <laughs> now, see, i got to get my hands and on think... this. Oh, dude, there's, like, there's not that many... He like self published mm-hmm. it in Claremont. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I have I have author's corrections in mine and his own. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He like hand corrected the book because some of the dope. stuff got printed wrong. It's really nice. amazing. Wow. The, uh, the awesome. story. I honestly think the story is going to be really fun. I actually consider it to be. I actually consider it to be part of the Mothman events because it's very similar to what Woody Derenberger described. Ooh. And it happened at the same time. And there was even a component of the story, which is the aliens were warning this family that, hey, this power plant at the, down the river from you is mm-hmm. going to explode. Yeah, that's like that, very similar. All of these aspects are the same. Yeah. So I think I think it's interesting. I think it's something to talk about for sure. So you just wait, people. We're, we're breaking open this UFO case. And I think we should put it under the title of Stories from Katie's Nana's. Yeah. <laughs> Campfire That's stories beautiful. from Katie's Campfire Nana's Campfire stories from Katie's Nana. I think that would yeah. be pretty funny. All right. Yeah, and it's actually pretty amazing. So hopefully we'll be doing that one. Actually, uh, Rob and Sam, if you guys want to jump in on that with us, you guys oh, are more than welcome. Oh, hell yeah. percent man. Uh, I'm on board. It's going to be pretty amazing. There it's is enough amazing. Self, self-published crazy to go around. Yeah. Oh, my God. This story, we were thinking of doing like a long-term kind of episode thing, but mm-hmm. then... I think probably like one or two is probably going to be the most we can fill out while we're also doing the true crime thing. Mm. We'll have to see. Anyways, we'll make it work. So, episode three of The Low Files is Bigfoot. Just Bigfoot. And just Bigfoot. And again... It's kind of similar to the last one. They go to a forest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean a forest with a deep, sultry baritone. <laughs> I mean a forest um, full of trees. And it's, they kind of go to the wrong place, right? Well, first, like, back up because there's a new character yeah. that they bring into this. Oh this god! Thing. God! And it's okay, no well, wait! Stop! Yeah. Stop! How it's a new character. Gotta, it's the how truck. How far back do we want to go? Oh, the truck. No, I mean like that truck. Is the truck a character now? Oh, yeah. truck. No, I'm, no, I'm sorry. I'm team truck as much as they talk about that truck and show that truck and the features of that truck, that truck's a low. I think that's fair. Yeah, I could truck agree with that. Truck low. All right. How good do you think it is on gas? I mean, you know, is that economic? Terrible. (laughs) Looking at that thing, probably pretty, probably pretty bad. I think he's like the the second favorite son, though. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. (laughs) Okay. So, so this episode, they they basically start by saying, you know, we've always loved 
the hunt for Bigfoot, and Rob mm-hmm. Lowe says Sasquatch kind of funnily says Sasquatch. Sasquatch. Yeah. Which is interesting. What is that? Then, yeah, Sasquatch, Sasquatch. Like with his pinky out. And then, um, so then they get to, they go to the place that they say the Patterson-Gimlin film was shot, but it's actually, I, I believe it's actually the place that people say it was shot, but it's actually the wrong place. Yeah, they said Willow was... Creek, but they shot it at Bluff Creek. Mm. Yeah, so I don't know, if like, why they, they had an expert the name. on Bigfoot. Well, also, <laughs> too, where they, where they were, uh, because they're on the Hooper Reservation, uh, Bluff Creek is, like, 12 miles north from, from yeah, there. Yeah, so, so they're not it far. makes, yeah, it's, it's, inter- I mean, it's definitely the right, in the right vicinity, and it is a very active Bigfoot zone from all accounts. Heavy, so, heavy squatch activity. It is heavy squatch activity, so... They uh they get they get kind of set up whatever they're gonna go camping I guess but they end up they end up not really camping they just kind of drive out there, and they they drive out there and they're they're with Matt Moneymaker probably one of my top three least favorite paranormal mm. people Matt I would say oh Lord. it's like it's like yeah it would have to be like Rob is upset. I don't know. It's it's like tied. It's probably at the top, it would be um, Alex Jones. Would be my least favorite. Okay. Oh, well, yeah, yeah. I don't even then consider prob- him. In, yeah, he's just yeah. Strange. I mean, consp- I guess within the realm of like conspiracy mm-hmm. and not, you know, like conspiracy and like not. I don't know what I don't even know what what I'm trying to say with that. Just, Whoever conspiracies, right? The number one asshole. And yeah, 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 pretty much just the number one asshole. But it would be it would be him, and then it would be Linda Moulton House, yes. and probably mm. Moneymaker, yep. maybe a couple other people. But and the problem the problem with Moneymaker, I think, is that he seems very. I just think his show is really damaging. Yeah. <laughs> like, I think his show makes the search for Bigfoot seem stupid yeah. and, like, random yeah. and not... Like, there are real... Like, Jeff Meldrum is so legit. Yeah. And, like, so serious about looking for this thing that he believes. Mm-hmm. And it it makes me angry when, like, they just go out in the, into the... They're, like, behind a Walmart in Ohio and they're, like, you know, it's squatchy as hell back here. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when when they when they heard the calls coming back to them, I was like, "Where's Bobo?" Yeah, right. <laughs> I was like, is, Bo- "Is that Bobo in the, in the trees? Is that Bobo helping out moneymaker I just, right now?" Right. I don't like, understand. I just and maybe I just I need to bone up on my lore a little bit with with the squatches, but like you're just randomly screaming shit in the in the forest. It's not gonna. It's gonna have diminishing returns. Right. Yeah. It's like yeah. I think if there's anything out there. One, it's like, what the fuck is that? Is that Moneymaker out here again screaming? What the fuck? Does mm-hmm. he have a family to go home to? Can somebody yeah. come up with a legitimate, legitimate hobby for this bozo? And if there is a Sasquatch, again, like they're just like, what? What? What are you doing? Yeah. So, yeah, and it's I mean, all about I, the screaming. Yeah. And I, I was watching this, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, okay. Oh, the man, thing too is like the thing too is like when we when like when scientists go out to look for great apes. Like, I don't know if you guys have ever seen those. They're, like, nature shows where they go to find, like, a great ape, um, a great ape, you know, uh, I don't know, troop, I guess, a group? Yeah, like the... Whatever. I don't uh, really know what they call it. Like a silverback. Like a, They're going in to find... Yeah, exactly. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Like, like, exactly, yeah. Like, a, like a gorilla enclave. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They hike for, like, five days <laughs> to the dark... Like, to the, to the deepest, hardest-to-reach part of the jungle... And 
they find them by being very, very quiet. They're super hard to track. Mm-hmm. They're very intelligent, and they don't want to get eaten by other predators. Right. Mm-hmm. So, like, they're like, I don't think big, you know, Bigfoot's gonna hear a call. He's gonna be like, "Oh, is that Jerry? What up, Jerry?" Like, that's not gonna happen. Yeah, I don't, I don't understand why the call started. The the knocking, the wood knocking thing, I can understand to a point because. Like, that's a. If you howl in the night, there's a mm-hmm. chance that it'll be coyotes or it'll be cows or it'll be another human or something, right? But I feel like tree knocking is, is one of those indicative qualities of non human primates that can't be or wouldn't naturally be faked. Although now that everyone watches these Bigfoot shows, right. now everyone knows to do mm-hmm. it. So I guarantee they're, you're getting false positives and stuff. Mm-hmm. But. Anyway, so yeah, so they, they end up going to the woods and they just kind of screw around in the woods for a little bit and they have a FLIR camera, which I guess is nice. But again, like, it doesn't feel like they are setting themselves up for success. Right. Right? Like, yeah. they're just going to the woods kind of near where there have been sightings. It does not feel like a serious investigation. Mm-hmm. And, and maybe that's not the point, like you were saying, Sam. Yeah, man. But... <laughs> That first episode was was it, relatively serious and yeah. good, and like yeah. it was funny, but it seemed like they they at least put themselves into a haunted house, right? And I guess in this case, they at least put them onto a piece of forested land that has a lot of sightings. But I'm not sure going out there with a really loud truck and making noises in a giant no. fire. Yeah, well, the best um, way to do it. They pull out a megaphone. Like, yeah, that's you're really stupid. away the Squatch, guys. Come um, on. My, yeah. biggest, my biggest issue, aside from Matt Moneymaker himself, they talk to the Hoopa people themselves, people who have had experiences mm-hmm. with this stuff. Why would you not go to them and ask them to take you out and, yeah. and, and possibly yeah. – because they, they're going to have – a better uh, a better chance than Matt Moneymaker is be- simply because these people have a tradition of of Sasquatch in in their lore. Why would you not take them up on that? Because mm-hmm. they don't have a show on a sister pr- on a sister <laughs> network. I mean, yeah, that's probably that why. There's no cross-cultural oh, yeah. tie-in. At the end like, of the day. That was my beef with this entire thing. Is I'm like, this is becoming a product placement. Okay, if you wanted to have it be about you and the kids, and this is sort of your vacation. Sam, to your point, seeing it through that mm-hmm. lens, then I'm, I'm on board. I'm like, all right, you're going to go scare off a bunch of deer and some coyotes, and you're going to scream in the forest, fire up. But <laughs> mm-hmm. if you're going to make me sit through a, like a 20-minute uh, infomercial on the truck, which I honestly do feel like that's where it was going with this, I'm like, you know, that's that's not cool. Rob, Rob, Rob. that's not cool. What are you <laughs> thinking, Rob Lowe? What are you thinking, yeah. Rob Lowe? You you were all genuine and all like teary-eyed in the first episode and this time you're just kind of you know literally four-wheeling so it's mm-hmm. ah, that's where i was starting to be like all right i also i also feel like in shows like this in finding bigfoot and stuff like that there is one thing that they fundamentally fail to even acknowledge and it's that you cannot hunt a bigfoot you just cannot do it anybody who mm-hmm. has ever come across a bigfoot has come across it from one of two ways they have either caught it off guard or they have encroached on upon its territory that mm-hmm. is it you cannot hunt for it you can't so hunt for a creature that is intelligent stuff. enough to hide from you 
It's the most dangerous game. It is the most dangerous game with Bigfoot. <laughs> but no, no. It, most no. dangerous game, Bigfoot edition. Yeah. I like it. I yeah, wish I that I'm... book had existed when I was in school. That would have been oh. amazing. <laughs> Instead, I no, just I'm... got the most dangerous game itself. And yeah, it was pretty good, but Bigfoot? Totally better. Not, as, make, not as good as Bigfoot. What do you guys... What do you, so what, one thing... One actually lens of this show that I think is really interesting is looking at it as a un like an unplanned satire on the entire paranormal reality right. genre mm-hmm. right. right like it's hilarious to me that when Rob Lowe and his kids were planning this vacation they were like oh we're going to have cameras watching us mm-hmm. what do you need when you hunt for bigfoot a fleer camera for some fucking reason mm-hmm. right and those you know what I mean? like those are like, those ain't cheap no, wow. they're extremely expensive, and, like, they're really cool. I'm just not certain that it's going to be that helpful when you're in a warm forest. Mm. No. At night. Look at, you know what I mean? Like, they're useful to a point if you have experience. Like, with any like with any investigative tool, it is useful if you know how to use it. If you are a shitty violin player, and we give you an, an amazing antique violin from the Renaissance you're still going to play it like crap regardless mm-hmm. of how good the instrument is, mm-hmm. you know? And to me, I find it really, I actually find it kind of refreshing that the like bare assness of a lot of these shows is on full display. Cause yeah. really the only difference between the low files and ancient aliens is the low files has less talking heads, blathering bullshit. Yeah. You know what Whoa, I mean? Like man. at least That's... Rob Lowe and his kids are out there. Like this is fun. We're having a good time. We're not going to find anything, but you never know. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, right. The ver- they go out to eat. Yeah. <laughs> they go out to eat a lot. A lot on this show. And like, the, and like on Ancient Aliens, Ancient Aliens, we wouldn't get the story about how Rob Lowe dressed up as a Bigfoot on a family vacation once and got no. kicked in the That's balls. True. <laughs> no, That's we would true. never have gotten that we story. No. That. College we student. certainly wouldn't have seen him thrown up. No. Well, no? Thing- <laughs> no. No. And the thing the thing is though too, like, it makes you value those good shows on the paranormal so much mm-hmm. more. Like w- like watching the low files, the whole time I was like, you know, if freaking Josh Gates got access to uh James Cameron's boat, he would have found something. Mm-hmm. You know what I yeah. mean? Like yeah. or like, you know, I you know, it's or like you said, like Ben Ben Hansen from Factor Faked, like that show was awesome. No, it was great. I love that show. It was a really show. great show. Because I mean, there you know? were some things that they could not replicate. It, it wasn't yeah, that which was. It wasn't that exactly. totally they you know everything. No, it's fake, fake, fake. They're like, um, mm-hmm. no, we could not replicate this. <laughs> right. It was like it was it was pick, it was made by throwing away all the crud, all the terrible cases. When they finally got a hit, where they were like, we can't do this like we don't know how to fake this using all of our cameras you know all of our digital manipulation at our disposal whatever that then becomes a much more compelling piece of evidence mm-hmm. it builds you credibility yeah, yeah. But exactly guys i mean come on he's it's rob Lowe for christ's sake i know i love this show still on, I'm not saying no, I love this but show. I, I'm also yeah saying that that's he's not he's not any of these other people that have any kind of you know no background in in paranormal investigation Mm -hmm. or scientific theory he's an actor he is an actor he's he's an actor and he's wandering Mm -hmm. around out in the woods with his kids like he's an actor who's hanging out with matt moneymaker who can't 
tell if it's Listen a cow well. that he's hearing in the woods and he cow. wants to talk about Bigfoot size as he uses the term folkloric. Folkloric. Oh yeah. my goodness. Go the, Stop. When they talked Stop. about Oh my goodness. Yeah, so he so Moneymaker kind of came out and was like kind of started edging into the idea that Bigfoot is actually I so the way I had heard that wasn't that it was eye shine, which is a very well anyone that's ever been in the woods or has a cat yeah. knows that at nighttime their eyes because they're so reflective and animals' right. eyes will reflect light back at you right. and may look like they're glowing in the night. That because of supernatural occurrences. Right. Well, well, the part I... the, what I what I thought he was edging towards was actually the idea that Bigfoot is a spiritual thing. It's not an animal. Mm. Well, I will say that's where I, did, I thought he was going. Yeah, but he I almost just made a... it seem like Bigfoot is the devil, right? Like he did. Well, he said he said it makes you think it makes you feel like you're looking at the devil or something. And like Rob's low face was like, "What?" And like and it was like, "No, come on!" And that's that's the thing too is like there are multiple ways to look at this. Oh, hey, there's these. It's this um, you know mythical creature, this mythical monster. Mm-hmm. But that's not the way that the hoop of people look at it. They look at it as if these people have been here a lot longer than we have. They've been hanging out. They they know the forest better than any of us. And like uh, like we were talking at one point, like uh, uh, David Politis, the missing four one one guy. Before this, mm-hmm. he went mm-hmm. to the hoop of people. And uh, he interviewed a lot of them. He got a forensic artist to sketch what these people said these Bigfoot look like. And mm-hmm. the chilling thing about it is, is like, if you remove hair from the face, they look strikingly human. So, sure. For I a minute, mean, I thought you were going to say they look strikingly like Rob Lowe, and then I was actually going to lose my <laughs> shit. But, there, you no, never but, know. But there's the difference. There's the difference, though, you guys. is like, he clearly has a more serious, earnest intent yeah. behind doing yeah. this yeah. than the people yeah. and I would say the producers of this show. I mean, there's sure. nothing that's adding into them finding anything because that would require some earnest effort on their part and that's not going yeah. to happen. Right. right. So I what do you will guys think? Say, so... I did look it up. I, As far as I can tell, primates do not have a natural eye, eye shine. They may have mm. something similar to like red eye with humans and uh. photographs. Mm-hmm. Which would make yep. sense, I guess, after you know taking a photo. But yeah, and they've got a filter they now lack... that can take care of that. So it's yeah, yeah. They lack the a certain part mm-hmm. of the eye that produces eye sun. At least all known apes and great apes. Now Sasquatch. Well, that would be make a totally that would make thing. sense because that would make sense though because primates are not nocturnal, right? Right. I mean, that would make sense, and they would not have eye shine. Exactly. So where, where do you guys? I actually again. Uh, so where do you guys fall on Bigfoot? Because mm. this is one of those this is one of those questions that people always ask me. Um, I actually consider so I actually think like what you were saying, Rob, about going to the Hoopa people and talking to them. I actually think that that's probably the best way to get any info on this thing if it does exist. Mm-hmm. Because like again, like we were saying earlier. You don't hunt for Bigfoot. You accidentally stumble onto Bigfoot, mm-hmm. or he is like looking at you, or he or she is looking at you. You know what I mean? Right. So, I, I feel like gathering the data that does exist is probably more useful than, I mean, while we should have people going out and looking, I think still, I think it's probably more useful to collect the data from good 
verifiable sources, these people who have been out hunting their entire lives. That's why when mm-hmm. when Survivor Man, when Les Stroud uh, did his series looking for Bigfoot, and he said, like, I had an experience, like, holy shit, that's, that's, that's Les Stroud saying he saw Bigfoot. You know what I mean? Right. That, to me, is a big deal. Because mm-hmm. this is someone that goes out in the woods and, like, might get mistaken for Bigfoot. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so I, so yeah, so I, I actually, I personally believe that there, I'm like 50, 50. I think there's, there's a, there's so much good evidence and smart people out there look like saying that they've seen this thing Mm -hmm. that it makes me hesitate to say that it's a complete hoax. Mm -hmm. Do I think there's a lot of hoaxing going on? I absolutely. Oh yeah. Yeah. But like there, so I feel like there are three kind of prevailing theories out there. There's the Bigfoot is a is a, a relic or an, an animal from a lost mm-hmm. time or something. It's an undiscovered great ape. There's the idea that Bigfoot is a spiritual kind of guardian of the forest almost kind of thing, mm-hmm. and so that then leads into the whole grand unified theory. And then another one that I had seen that I actually thought was I, I keep seeing different versions of this that I find very very interesting is. The reports of Bigfoot are actually a, are actually some kind of, it's just a human, but they're either because they're part of a group that lives in the woods and doesn't want to have technology, or they are, I saw one case where it was people were saying, maybe this is part of the ritual to become a medicine man in certain, um, certain like, very closed off mm-hmm. tribal societies or stuff. Like I find, I actually find those arguments to be quite compelling as well. What, what do you, where, where do you guys all stand? What do you think? I think, uh, um, I think they've, I, I think they've been around personally a lot longer than we have. I think they were here before us. It's just, uh, because like these creatures, whatever they are, whether they're more human-like, more animal-like, they are built for the uh, environment that they're in. They're rugged. They are huge. They are able to, uh, you know, move quickly over rough terrain. They are clearly built for the landscape, which makes me think that they've been here a little bit longer than we have. Sure, sure. Sam, what do you think? Hey Hey there. there! I'm Hannah. And I'm Audrey. We are a sister filmmaking duo and co-hosts of Sleepover Cinema, our show where we analyze the films that created the collective unconscious of the girls, gays, and theys of the late 90s and early 2000s. Princess Diaries, The Cheetah Girls, Aquamarine, Cinderella, the one starring Brandy. We haven't stopped thinking about these movies since we first saw them, and we want you to rewatch them and review them with us. Are these movies as bad as critics would have us believe? Do we even care if they are? We are always unpacking that very question on Sleepover Cinema. Check out Sleepover Cinema wherever you get your podcasts or at evergreenpodcasts.com. See you soon. Fascinating. Oh, no. <laughs> no. Sam. Aubrey. Oh, no, Sam. Hello? Sam. Hello. Sam. Hello. Sam. Sorry, guys. Sorry, guys. Oh, I was taking out it's my okay. fancy Apple AirPods and putting in my normal <laughs> things, and it guess what? It messed up everything. It didn't mess up anything. I was just gone for the last okay. 30 seconds. Just, okay, you're good. Yeah. We're good. 
So okay. what uh, was what so, was Rob saying? That's what that's the last thing I heard was what. Okay, Rob so Rob was saying. was saying Rob was basically saying that he believes Bigfoot's been around before we have. They've probably, I guess, evolved here. Okay. So Rob, you, you fall on the idea of them being well you fall on the side then of it being somehow natural. Yes. Okay. I would argue, right? Yeah. Yes. Okay. I would say I'm part of that camp as well, for sure. Okay. Sam, what do you think? So good question. Great question. Um <laughs> I <laughs> Thank you, Sam. <laughs> You're welcome. I wow. am sold out. A hundred percent Bigfoot believer, no matter what, till the day I die. Um there's there's absolutely no question to me that that Bigfoot or Sasquatch, whatever, exists. I have been grappling more recently. I've actually for the last three, four years or so, as a kid I was like, Oh, it's an animal, hundred percent. For the last three or four years, I have been grappling with the thought of it being either a spiritual or a multidimensional being sort of thing. We talked about it a lot on our our show. We did an episode on the Ape Canyon encounter uh, wherein one of the gentlemen involved with this Bigfoot attack on people published a book 50 years, 40 years afterwards saying, like, these are interdimensional beings. They're they're messengers essentially um and i i've been thinking about that a lot and kind of grooving with that but more recently what i have kind of decided on for myself is is pretty similar i found in the research for that episode a some local lore some local legends of pacific northwest native american tribes regarding uh sasquatch that talked about him a lot more of being a like essentially they're another tribe. It's it's called the Seatic tribe mm-hmm, of people mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that are for one reason or another, originally they were kind of banished from proper civilization. Uh and they they when all of humankind was evolving essentially from from animal to man the seatic like their consciousness was there they they had the consciousness of a man but their bodies didn't make the change uh creating mm. this kind of man animal and and this entirely different tribe altogether and that's really kind of what i've been grooving on for the so last almost like few a, months a, almost the almost the leftover neanderthal hypothesis yeah but then you have these these other stories though from um oh i can't remember any of the tribes but there are multiple tribes with these stories of the seatic talking about how because of their isolation and because of their weird spiritual development they have like powers of essentially what would be astral projection they have powers of psychic thought invisibility that sort of stuff uh that are are presented as just part of the natural world that these beings are able to harness so i would say that they're physical beings that are able i, I probably sound just like uh Kwani lapsaritis right now but they're physical beings that are able to harness or tap into that underlying other dimensional sort of thing going around us all the time that's my Bigfoot theory. Mm. Uh, you can use it if you like it. If you like it, it's your theory now. That's fine. So that's fine. You had. I was like, I was agreeing with you. Okay. Up to the point where Bigfoot stopped being 
a, a, a member of a isolated tribe that has decided they aren't living the modern way. Right. To me, Bigfoot is like, to me, the sightings of Bigfoot, potentially, I can't say this for certain, Okay. are a, I actually, I find very romantic and, and kind of nice, the, not nice, I guess, like, <laughs> I am very compelled by the thought of Bigfoot being, Bigfoot sightings actually being sightings of a human population mm-hmm. who have decided, like the Amish, but a little bit less conspicuously, um... To, re- to remove themselves from modern humanity, whether okay. or not this is like a Native American tribe or something that said, you know what, we're doing our own thing. We don't want any part of this modern world, and somehow they've managed to stick to that. You know what I mean? It's a couple of families or something. I totally find that extremely compelling, but I think it's probably not likely either because like there would be some converts, you know, the first time they see someone oh, walk yeah. around, like, you know, with an iPad or something, they'd be like, what the hell is I'm that? I'm on board. You know what I mean? I'm on board. Take right. me there. I yeah. I mean, but, but, uh, yeah, I don't know about the spiritual stuff, but you know, I, I like your theory. I thank like you. It. Thank you. The, what? just to clarify really quick, what happened is I've got my notes from that episode back up now. Uh, <laughs> in, there was a time of changing from animal to human. The Seatic people did not absorb what is known as the Tamanawais, which is the soul power that separates humankind from all other beasts of the land. So, mm. yes, there you go. Clarification. Uh, thank you for your rebuttal, and uh, I will take your comments under consideration. Thank you. Yes, very good. Nice. Very good. All right. <laughs> cool. Marie, uh, what do you think, Marie? Well, uh, <laughs> If we bring up my PowerPoint presentation from last fall, gentlemen, called <laughs> Sasquatch, colon, who are they? Uh, no. So, <laughs> my, so my, uh, my husband, Paul, uh, feels he has a theory that uh, the aliens are people from the future. So it's, it's basically Fair. us in the future coming oh, I'm back. I'm with Paul. I'm with to, Paul okay, 100%. Hold up, hold up. So for Bigfoot... I almost look at it in the same, sort of the same genre. They're, they're, maybe they're not exactly from the future, but they're from some, if they're the, out there, they're running from some parallel time, some other parallel time constraint that somehow has splintered from aliens, mm. right? Because it's sort of like, they're not, we've had this discussion before, Chris, and I can't believe I'm honestly saying this because it just something I would never think of myself to say, but like we've had this discussion about Bigfoot before it in that biologically you cannot say that that's the biological inevitability of people, right? You mm. can't say that that's yeah. our next evolutionary or they are on track or off track from any kind of evolution from, from where we are now. But I think you can say that there's enough there that they are in some way, how they are described, they are in some way related to us in just mm. their form mm. and function. So I would step back and say, well, if aliens are, from, are people from our future coming back or trying to do something and have some sort of influence in their past, mm-hmm. Bigfoot and their ilk are, are some sort of splinter from that in a different parallel dimension. Interesting. Bro. So we, 
So us four, <laughs> us four don't agree with about Bigfoot at all. Not at all. No. No. Is he is he hairy? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay, we're good. Right. Actually, there was a there was a book that I read. I, I got it as a birthday present. Why does present. he have to be hairy? Uh, Sorry. I don't know. Just blends in. You know, just just blending in. Well, it is. It's part of the camouflage. Yeah. yeah. Um, this guy I can't remember his name is. It's it's been a while since I read the book, but he he posited that. The area where he was living, because he was building a, a a house not far from where he was staying at the time, uh, mm-hmm. was like a Bigfoot like walkthrough area. Like they would walk right through it, and he started to leave like because uh, he like uh, things started happening around his place. Like there were like handprints, like really large handprints that they would leave in his like. Uh, car window and stuff like that like it was like naturally naturally curious and stuff like that but mm-hmm. he claims at one point because they would leave um they, he would leave something on a stump uh mm-hmm. nearby and like there would be an object left uh for him like it, it would be gone and replaced with something else mm. he Ooh. posited that these things speak mandarin because he got a uh. word in tr- in branches that looked like a mandarin word and i huh? forget exactly oh. what it was but it had to do it was something about like hairy man or something like that i can't i can't remember exactly well, well what would what in would be really chinese in mandarin well, what be, yes what would actually be really fascinating is if they are just a a part of the human population we don't know when language developed for humans mm mm-hmm. We don't know if Neanderthals had language. We don't. We don't know those things. It would actually. I would actually say, it wouldn't surprise me if we found out that. Just think about it in terms of like geology and timelines, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It would make sense to me, at least, that Bigfoot. This is the way I would look at it, at least. And I don't know. Maybe we should ask Jeff Meldrum what he thinks. Yes. <laughs> Like, I would think if Bigfoot is a is a creature, is like a physical creature, an, an animal like us, mm-hmm. then Bigfoot probably evolved s- either as an offshoot of the human population or as an offshoot of the Homo, um, you know, like like Neanderthals or mm-hmm. something, some branch of this tree that we're on. They developed in the area that we would today consider to be Russia or China. And then traveled over on the, the on land the Alaskan bridge. land yeah. bridge. Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Okay. And so in that sense, in that sense, actually, I would say it actually might make a lot of sense that they would speak not not modern Mandarin, but one of those common like languages are broken up into a couple of distinct kind of like families, right? And so mm-hmm. English is super similar to so like. And there's some kind of weird ones, too, like Hungarian and Finnish are actually very similar to each other, although the countries aren't really near each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, like, you know, so you have, like, you basically have, like, proto-Chinese, you have proto-Japanese that kind of developed along with proto-Korean um, on, you know, their peninsula and an island. And then you have, like, you know, so there there are these proto-languages. I wouldn't be surprised if if some of the words in one of these early languages either within proto-russian or chinese or some dialect of chinese at least or you know um 
from that part of the world, right, where the Alaskan land bridge would have connected, I would not be actually that surprised to, if we ever do find Bigfoot and they do talk or something or have some kind of communication that, I don't know, some of the words would be similar mm. to a proto uh, proto Mandarin or something. Mm-hmm. What? You know, I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised. What? Listen, I think it'd be really funny if when we caught Bigfoot, if we catch Bigfoot, we shave him and underneath it's just a gray alien. Oh, oh no. God, no. Oh, just, no. God, no. I'm still thinking that it'd be like funny. Christopher, no. that's terrible. Uh, it would be terrifying. Be really funny. Terrifying. Uh. It'd be really funny. Okay, let's go to, let's go to episode four. <laughs> So, episode three of The Low Files. No. Episode four. four? Episode four. Episode, episode four. And part three of what we're talking about in this series. This is getting very confusing, these numbers. Yes. It's, it's episode really four, only three and a half. Episode four. Sam, why don't you give us the, the, the rundown? What, what happened in this episode? Okay. All right. So, in this episode, and I think what you, you got to do it, take away your preconceived notions, because this was... If you look at this as a serious attempt, basically they're going to Arizona to find extraterrestrial life. They're going to do it in one night. Uh We've been searching. We've been searching in the modern era since like, what is it? 47 was Roswell. We've been searching since 47 and they're going to do it in one night. So that's the challenge. That's the goal. Um, And it really it, it makes me feel it's it's funny because Rob Lowe says, as they're driving in their beautiful truck, he mm-hmm. says, we are trying to get abducted. And I feel kind of disrespected by that because yeah. I feel like I am trying to get abducted. Rob Lowe's not trying to get abducted. Rob Lowe is just <laughs> there to have a good time. I'm the guy going to the desert in the nighttime staring up at the stars every day. Not every day, but regularly. See, now, he's, I think, he's I not. think Rob Lowe should... should try to be more like uh, Rob Christofferson, who is trying to figure out if he has been abducted. I mean... I think that's fair, too. And we get there. That's the beautiful thing about this episode. All these questions are answered. And... Oh, my God. (laughs) You know what? You guys, we we are also missing a low. We're down a low. We We are are down down a low. We're low a low. That is true. Low, a low. What's his? We're what's the low. older one? Michael? Is that even one Matthew. of them? Oh, God, Matthew. 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 We always oh, God. forget his name. It's that just John Owens. John Owens has been promoted to the front seat of the truck. Wait, no, 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 no. That's not this episode. That's next episode. It's next no, episode. No, I was going to say. Episode. No, I was going to say. Wait, the, did oh, they? Did, oh, it's oh, episode five. Like, guys, oh. you guys just scared the crap out of me. I was like, did I have a stroke? Did I, like, not realize that one of the low children wasn't there? Who the hell is another kid then? <laughs> no, dude. Forgive Good me, God. Forgive me. I'm, no. I'm, I'm a low ahead. They're not. We're not Wait. down a low. We're, we are fully. <laughs> there were two lows. We are no, there were three fully lows. at low level for this. If, if we're missing, listen, if we're missing a low and his loss is felt in all episodes <sighs> after the underwater base, we're missing boat low. We are boat, missing boat, boat low. low. Damn it. Bo- I okay, feel like but we doubled, we doubled down with truck low. So forgive me, Sam. Please continue. We have all well, the lows. The, the lows weird thing is, I remember them saying like Matthew is off studying for an exam. I didn't see episode five yet, so I'm wondering if he like came back what? at a certain Maybe. point. Well, well, Chris, I'm sure mm. we'll take the time to rewatch this before we put this episode out. 
and uh, make any cor- corrections that's necessary. Oh my so, goodness! It seems like I what the I mean. It seems like I wasn't taking this episode seriously. You I, definitely I'm be were honest. not. I'm sorry, team. I, I watched I'm sorry, this. Team. I watched this twice. Mm. Okay. He was then there what am I remembering? I swear. Oh my <laughs> god! This is. <laughs> he was there both times. <laughs> I, I swear. <laughs> Matthew was there okay. both times. It's gotta right, be so, a screen memory. That's what it is. Sure, and we're sure it's Matthew Sam. and not Michael. It's not Sam. Michael. Have you been abducted, huh. Sam? Oh, man. So that's a good question, and we're going to get into that. <laughs> and we are. But first, and this is something that really surprised me and actually made this episode one of my favorite ones beyond everything else that happens, is we actually have the man, the myth, the legend, Travis Walton, on the show. Like, Travis Walton, Fire in the Sky, one of the the greatest UFO abduction oh, yeah. scenarios of all time. Oh yeah. He comes on, he tells his story, and I mean I'm I'm broadly familiar with his case, but watching him tell it, I really hope it had the same effect on some other people as it did on me where watching him tell it, I was like, "Wow. This he is not kidding. He's not no. he he's also not crazy." I mean, if you watch him, if you listen to him, he's a very well-composed, educated, intelligent guy for being a, a lumberjack. Well, um, here's nothing, the, here's... nothing against our lumberjack fans. No, but uh, like I've been uh, reading his book, um, mm-hmm. which was originally called The Walton Experience and then it was retitled. But um, the what you get, you know, straight from the it's like an 18 page long uh, forward forward or pro okay. I can't remember. He he goes through like for one thing he's a he's a really good writer just in like mm-hmm. the vocabulary use and everything like that. He's a smart guy. He goes through like the history of the town that he grew up in, um like the history of the surrounding area and like just so much so like he's despite this uh yeah, the uh lumberjack um, reputation. He's actually a really, 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 really intelligent man. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it it so, shows. Well, yeah. So one thing, one thing with that with the episode actually that I thought was kind of interesting was they they kind of interestingly I don't know if they meant to but they kind of juxtaposed him Travis Walt you know who mm-hmm. uh, Travis Walton's experience I would. I would say is one that's definitely worthy of investigation. Even if you are skeptical, mm-hmm. I think it's definitely worth at least listening to what he has to say because he's so, uh, he seems to have been so genuinely affected by whatever it was that happened to him and, and whatever he thinks happened to him. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, they first t- talk to a woman who, <laughs> frankly, I am like, I'm not even kidding. Like I am concerned for, well, um, she Let's, should yeah. probably see a doctor. And you Let's know what the funny thing is. is? The funny thing is, her name is Dr. B. <laughs> she is a doctor. I mean, she doesn't need to talk to a doctor. Doesn't, doesn't is she a she's... doctor? Did we check into that? Um, no. That was just her name. I don't know. I took the television at its word. Yeah. I'm I mean, a trusting the, so person. The issue, so she, she is one of these. So Arizona is kind of like the... I, I, I have been to Arizona and I absolutely loved it. I loved going to Arizona. I thought it was an mm-hmm. amazing state. It's beautiful. People are really friendly and nice. And now but here Arizona, comes the dog. Here comes the dog but, on Arizona. But <laughs> Arizona, 
Nice. No, like like Arizona is for some reason has become like the collection point for every ex UFO yeah. cult member in the world. I think you know that's what I mean? fair Where, to say. Like, they're kind of they're they're kind of the epicenter of the benevolent space brother mythos, right? Mm-hmm. And so it's like all these people that dropped acid in the seventies and now are like convinced that they've they've either they're in psychic contact with or have been visited by UFOs and like every one of them has a different has a different argument for how it's happening or why it's happening or whatever. All of them though are a hundred percent certain that the only way to protect yourself and to get your energy back in line is for you to buy one of their shitty crystals, of course. Oh, yeah. So, you know, that's you like really legitimate, yeah. of course. But- like, it's it's silly. And so one of the parts... I don't mean to railroad over, over you, Marie, because you had a comment here. But I have got to get my rant about Fulgurite out of the way. <laughs> well... Well... Before well, it tears before, me up. Let's say, really before quick, we, yeah. Before we go into... Yeah, before we go into Fulgurite, I would say, like... So I knew nothing about their speakers, either one of them. So the older gentleman, I was just taken with because knowing nothing about his backstory and just hearing it there, but just seeing him like show up in a suit. Oh you yeah, know? he right. shows up everywhere. Yeah, everywhere in that and suit. Is, and is very, but he's that the demeanor is very well spoken, and I think, but and you know, going juxtaposing that to, to the other to the woman, I mean. Rob, I'm kind of curious if if the editing that you have sort of an issue with comes into play too, because it could have been. Now, a lot of the stuff she said was super creaky. Don't get me wrong, but mm-hmm. she could have been like mid jest on some of this. She could have been joking on some of this. She uh... could have just been not nearly as flighty as she is. There could have been some editing issues, but um, if there were not editing issues, I'm going to remind I would you say. I'm going to remind you, this woman has been claimed to have been struck by lightning 11 times. 11 yeah, times. So, well, okay, so I won't, I will, I will rescind my editing. And let's, before, I, oh, go ahead. I would say that, um, I think that this is one of my beefs with this show in general, even though I still love Rob Lowe, is that it doesn't, if you want to find a pro and a con side of what you're trying to, of what you're trying to put out there, it's it's you should do it on a more even-handed level than, than someone who comes mm-hmm. across as somewhat legit and someone who is clearly not stable. Clearly like that to kooky, me is like, yeah. that's like yeah. almost too much of a skew. And I thought that it was it was unfair to, to people that do take this seriously. And mm-hmm. it's unfair. It's like if that's the spirit of what Rob Lowe is really trying to do, which is an earnest evaluation that he shouldn't be making fun of people even if this woman is 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 somewhat yeah. peculiar to well, be thing, so to the be thing fair. that really annoyed me too with this th- sorry the thing that really i just want to put this out there yeah there is no corroborating evidence that she has ever been struck by lightning ever mm-hmm. um oh interesting the story of the this story of the yeah. man who's been struck by lightning 11 times is actually a very famous story um it's the story of Ro- uh, roy cleveland sullivan who was a park ranger in Shenandoah uh, National Park in Virginia. Um, he was he was hit by lightning, I think it was recorded, seven times over his lifetime. Wow. Um, because of his time in, in, you know, in the park. Right. But, um, like, this story of of the man who's been struck by lightning multiple times, that that is a famous story. So, mm-hmm. again, this could have all been avoided with a simple Google search. 
um, for this woman because if someone gets struck by lightning once and they survive, it becomes a national story. Yeah. So the fact that this woman, like, when she was like, I've been struck by lightning 11 times, I was like, what? No, you haven't. I would have heard about that. <laughs> right. You know what I mean? Like, I read I read HuffPo weird every day. I would have heard about you getting struck by lightning, ma'am. So, yeah, I just, I find it to be an unfortunate, and it's a part of the whole, it's a part, again, it's a part of the whole paranormal world that we don't like to talk about, but there are people interested in these things who are not well that is mm-hmm. just a part of it and again i urge anyone rule out the normal like rule out the average possibilities first that's all i'm saying you know but yeah i find i find i found her inclusion in the show very problematic especially because they made fun of her yeah for most of it yeah, which um, is, I think, sort of cruel. Yeah. You know, yeah. They yeah. shouldn't have somebody right. on it was, to mock them, no matter it how, was cruel. who they are. Yeah. Yeah, and then on top... So, on top of that, though, she is... She is emblematic of this weird thing people have about crystals and rocks and mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. So, she claimed that, that the reason aliens are coming to Earth is so that they can mine fulgurite, a mineral that is... Fulgurite is literally... I don't mean to sound like Rob Lowe here. Fulgurite is literally is literally sand that has been heated up really hot by lightning. That is what fulgurite is. So basically, lightning strikes someplace randomly in the desert, and it creates these pillars of fulgurite. And what's happening is the the plasma, which is what lightning is, is so super hot and charged that it's causing these pieces of silica and calcium and magnesium and oxygen that make up normal rock um it's making them fuse together into a into a pseudo mineral basically now here's the thing if they are able to travel across the universe they are able to create fulgurite in their laboratories because mm-hmm. literally all it is is heating up sand kind of hot so it makes no sense at all for aliens to be coming here to get fulgurite because they could just make it at home this is part of a similar reason I have such a trouble with the idea that they're here to take cows for genetic testing. All they would need to do is get one cow ever, and then they could do all the genetic testing they needed. Because that's what we do. We get samples of cells from one individual, Henrietta Lacks, and now she's all over the world. Like, it, it's, it's comical to me to think that, like, again, it's, it's, we kind of touched on this in one of our episodes on the show where... I talk about how a lot of the predictions for UFO ships were people that claim that they were abducted. They would say, like, yeah, the aliens had these, like, really huge tube TVs and there was a whirring noise and whatever. And it's mm-hmm. like, looking back at it now, you're like, if these people were really, were really abducted, why did the aliens have a steampunk ship? Right. You know what I mean? Right. Maybe like, they were hipster. Exactly. Hipster and, and so this is part of one of the arguments that people now put forward to make up for this lack of... of clarity in in technology is well the aliens make you see what what they want you to see right but to me that's always been a glaring flaw in all these people who claim to have been abducted stories is they're not able to look ahead you know what i mean like i in the cases where people are like i didn't recognize anything that to me rings more true than like you know um woody derenberger saying he saw the naked lanyoloses through a camera TV. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's like, it was in color and everything. And it's like, well, okay. 
sure. Let you know me what I mean? ask Whatever. you. Let me ask you. Just not to get us too far off topic. Um, when it comes to cattle mutilations, okay. Yeah. One thing that I've always thought about in that case, and I'd like to get just because we're here now, I'd like to get your opinion on it. So I think that one idea behind cattle mutilations and mine especially would be because this isn't a uh, something that's been occurring for decades, theoretically for decades been occurring. Is it would it make sense that they test a batch of cows back when this whole thing starts, which I think was like the late 60s, early 70s. And then they continue to take samples to see, like, in theory, if they're introducing environmental changes or things like that to see how these different changes have affected the cows. Does that make any sense? Or am I just am I just off? Am I just off base? If 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 they have the ability to cross the universe, then in theory, they should also have the computational tools to run simulations like that without needing actual okay. samples. All right. All right. I mean, that's the thing. Like there are so many, just from pure statistics, there are so many ways that we would do those tests without actually having to go to the planet. Mm. You know what I mean? All like, right. We do tests on exobiology all the time. We try to figure out, well, how could something evolve? How would the food chain look like? Right? Like that, all of that is done using computers. And so to me, Again, it's like we're not, we're not, when people say that, like, cattle mutilation is weird, I think probably it is, has a natural explanation, an uncommon, but a natural explanation, but I find it very, I find it very telling that we, we never, we never hear anything that's really out of the ordinary. Right. right? All right. Like, non, like, non-ballistic motion, that is. Now it's become part of, like, the mythos of, like, whatever normal alien stuff. But that is a telltale sign of something that we never would have considered for me. Mm-hmm. Right? Because everything we've known up to that point was ballistic motion. Right. Do you know what I'm saying? Right. So non-ballistic motion is an interesting thing. But, like, you have cases where people claim they saw a craft land and it, it left behind scorch marks. Why the why do we think aliens are burning fuel to to power their ships? Right. That's so that. stupid. I That's something that. we've only been doing for 100 years because we're too dumb to think of something different. Even if you had a nuclear powered ship, there would not be scorch marks. So, it's it's like a level of you know, again, this is like it's part of the reason why I think like a show like the one or the investigations that I would like to do if we ever had money to go out and do investigations we would be looking for stuff like this because it's telltale signs like that that tell me this was something someone thought up or Mm -hmm. whatever. You know what I mean? And we would set fires. And we we would would set set fires. Significant fires. I love it. No, we would not. What what I love about what Sam just said was sort of your, your, uh, your announcement of it. You're like, so I want to bring this up. And you're like, cattle mutilation, pro or con. I really was ready to argue pro. I was ready. And then I was oh, like, all right. I agree. I yeah. agree. Um, like think like th- like think about think about funny. the cases. So I'm sorry, I, I keep now I'm like now I want to dig into this a little bit more. <laughs> think about the think about the cases where people claim that like surgeries were performed on them, mm-hmm. right? Um why would they need to perform surgery? We today 
don't need to perform surgery to look inside of something. Right. Right. Mm. We use x-rays and ultrasounds and whatever. And on top of that too, again, like we're now starting to think of things like nanotechnology that would potentially remove the need for surgery. Um, of course, we're always going to need surgery, but again, that's like, we're looking at, imagine if, imagine if someone like 20 years ago had described a UFO with a cell phone, right? That today would look like a, a home run case, mm-hmm. right? We would, we would be like, oh my God, how did they know that that kind of technology would exist? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And a cell phone's kind of a bad example, I suppose, but there are telltale, like, I think there's a lot of, I think there's a lot of digging just through the data we have at hand that could be done to separate really, really super credible cases, in my opinion, from non-credible ones, or at least ones that I would not put as like the top 1% that I would investigate further right away. But then, you know what I'm saying? What do you think, in general, caused that whole string of cattle mutilations? Because during the, like, I can't remember, I did the research on it a while ago, but it seemed like there was a real run mm-hmm. cattle mutilations, especially in certain areas in the in the Midwest. And it just, I mean, I think some of it, to your point, may be exaggerated natural causes. You read about it, something happens, and, and something happens to your cattle, and it, that's how you interpret it. But man, it seemed like that's just a weird, like I just, in general, I think of that. I'm like, that's just a weird thing. To like, have so one, one argument people always make to me is that like, these are ranchers that know their animals that have seen uh-huh. animals die and stuff. Mm-hmm. And the argument I would make is they might've seen it die, but they've never seen They don't normally see them decompose. Do you, think? Do you know what I mean? I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Like if an animal dies, you don't leave it out there. You have to get rid of it because it can spread disease to your herd. Yeah, but they found... That's just good. That's just good dairy management. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, yeah. that's just like seriously. If an animal looks like it's going to be sick, you kill it and get rid of it. Right, but if that's one the of them, way these if things one of happen. Gets, if one of them gets out and dies, I'm I'm sure that they have seen a decomposed animal or a decomposed I'm sure cow. They, I'm sure it's they've seen normal, a decomposed but... cow, but I would argue that it's a lot less. A- it's a lot less average than people would want to would would mm-hmm. admit that it is or think that it is. So I would say they find a, a decomposed animal. They've never seen the fact that blood is blood in certain organs. Like we just, we're doing the vampire episode this week. And so one really interesting thing is that different organs decay at different rates. So like if you, if you were to find a dead animal carcass, that's been decaying for like two weeks, the organs that would likely be gone are all the organs that people claim have been taken in cattle mutilations. It would be the brain. It would be the eyes. It would be the tongue and it would be the sexual organs. Those are the things that would be removed first by other animals and just by natural decay. So again, if we, if, if there was a case of cattle mutilation where the only thing missing was like the blood or the muscle tissue, but the skin and everything else was left behind, I'd be like, what the hell is going on? Mm-hmm. But it's not cases like that. It's always like, you know, uh, and, and another part that's always brought up with it is like, um, they, they claim that there are surgical incisions, mm-hmm. right? That's just what happens when, again, muscle and skin tissue is sinewy. It has a grain on it. Just like you can break a grain of wood by punching it and it'll break along the grain that's where it's weakest. The same thing is true of skin and muscle tissue. And so when the gases build up and it pops, it's going to look like a really clean cut because it's, it's just like that's the way things pop. Like things don't... 
I just think there's, I just think there are very sensible, logical explanations for cattle. Like cattle mutilation to me has never been compelling because. I do think it's again, strange. Like, I think it's a strange thing to, like, just it's a strange thing just to latch on as a phenomenon. Uh huh. Out of it's anything like, you're it, gonna pick, out of anything that's gonna prove something that is extraterrestrial that, or that is weirdly supernatural, it just seems like a very um. I mean, well, that's the other thing too. What what the fuck are they doing with gallons of gallons of cow blood? If they're any good at technology, which I would imagine they are, all we need is a is like milliliters of blood to do full body samples on on humans to tell if they're healthy or not. Maybe they're not very now, good. Hear Maybe me they're out. not good phlebotomists. Hmm? Hear me out. What if when did the movie Carrie come out? Rob. <laughs> The movie is 76. 76, yeah, 76 or 77. And these cattle mutilations begin, Mm -hmm. I'm going to say around that time. The book's been out for a little bit. They're filming, they're producing. What if the aliens love Carrie and they they want to recreate a certain iconic scene? But over and over again. S- over and over again. And it becomes part of their religion. Okay. They're See, doing alien stage plays. Okay. But it's pig's blood and carry. Okay, but pigs, 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 you're not with it. You're not with aliens, it if you're using the Aliens pigs. are scared. <laughs> aliens know better. They're scared of pigs. They, the, pigs, pigs. the pig blood will pigs. melt their fragile skin, but the cow blood mm. is actually nourishing to them. What if that's the whole reason and we just have no, bu- no one to blame but Stephen King? No one to blame but Stephen King. Well, that's my argument for Listen, a lot of stuff. Okay, yeah. our no show. One, oh no my God, Sam! Um, why did you open I just, this I, up? I, I want to pose. Sorry. I want to pose just kind of a kind of a question here because, like, I don't have any data to support this. Okay, but what I want to know is, given the geographical distribution of ranchers and and such that have cattle, okay. I want to know which areas are more prone to supposed cattle mutilations and if it's specifically in certain geographical locations instead of, like, all over the place. If it was all Mm -hmm. over the place, I would totally agree that this could, you know, 100% be, you know, like, uh, natural stuff. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't have that. I don't have that data, I was going to say, this is actually a very interesting point. Do you know where the highest the highest proportion of cattle in the world is i have no idea it's like brazil it's like it's like the southern midwest of the united states mm-hmm. it's like oh, texas it? and arizona no right yeah. it's brazil, that's that's it? like beef well brazil, maybe brazil it's but brazil. brazil also has a shitload of cattle mutilations right oh, like they? sorry i would yeah like it's that's the thing like i would actually argue um rob your point that just like with the bermuda triangle and these other some other cases where we don't expect there to be such a statistical um, like I think statistics is on our side actually with this one. I think I, I, that's actually a really good point, and we're gonna have to answer it soon. I think actually I might start looking up cow population data tonight. Mm-hmm. But nice. I would be very surprised if it wasn't like an average number. Right. Mm-hmm. If if rather if we corrected for the the average density of cows per like square mile mm-hmm. yeah. that it's not pretty much average across but, the world. And I, and again, I guarantee it's extremely small. I mean, even if they're saying there are hundreds of cows that have been mutilated, we kill probably 
a lot. At least 100,000 <laughs> cows a year, right. if not more. Oh, I'm sure so it's, it's way like, more than that. You but... know what I mean? It's it's gonna, Yeah, it's going to be like the... I don't know. It's going to be the same thing as saying like how many people will get killed by coconuts every year. Right. I bet data, it'll be that level. That data is tricky as well because you could have some other anomaly seasonally oh, yeah. or just for that year or mm -hmm. something else that right. would drive something absolutely and look and, zone as well. and on, it has and on, nothing to do with anything else and on the other side too there might be cases where people are assuming the cows have died from natural causes but it's actually mutilation right right and yes. we don't know how many cows that just go missing aren't like whatever loaded up on a cow planet somewhere where they're like doing weird tests on them you know what i mean like the, the, that's such a nice idea it's one of those it's one of those i know it's cow such, cows cows are, are adorable they're beautiful cows are animals. so sweet and they're nice and they're the best they're like big dogs i, I see cows. cows every day here in idaho and i love them Aww. i love them all we got and there's some we... just fucker out there just messing with them what a jerk just mutilating right, them guys all right, I'm gonna, so i want to rein it back so in i don't know how we got this far in. out <laughs> I, so, we didn't, I think, this is crazy. I do think that uh, Rob Lowe is actually going to do one on cattle mutilation, you guys. Oh, good. Really? I do think he is, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm well, if he just, is, then we'll revisit just, uh, this. Oh, my God. And if he's not, season two. Season two. Oh, yeah, like there's going to be a season well, two. Well, didn't, uh, didn't Forrest and Scott <laughs> say that they were actually going to touch cattle mutilation at some point? I remember that. I, I want to say it was oh, during <sighs> skin, the Skinwalker series. I remember them saying there are so. There are so... Dude, they're both, they're so, they're both I mean, way too squeamish. Yeah, yeah. I was going to say, there's, yeah, that's, I don't know. Maybe they will. We'll have to see. But it's going to be interesting. When when one of our shows covers it, it'll be interesting. Yeah. All right, so guys. What, okay, moving forward. So Rob Lowe. Okay. So we're, so now they, so they get to this, they, they basically talk to this woman. It's mm -hmm. not super comfortable. She tells Rob Lowe that he needs to take the fulgurite, which again right. is microwave rock. And, um. Root you know, chakra. She, root chakra. Right. She, he needs to put it on his root chakra, mm -hmm. which he takes to make a penis joke, which is very funny. But again, this poor woman. Yeah. Um, I hope. I hope she's doing okay. Then. Um, the last big takeaway from her that I wanted to touch on, and I think, and we mentioned it at the beginning of the show. Again, there's a lot of problematic things going on here. But at the very last thing that they talk about is that she tells Rob Lowe that he has been abducted regularly since he was four years old, which I wanted to point out if we're in the aliens, this is like the unspoken fear behind books like Communion uh, and other more of those uncovering the UFO contact cases. Uh, and I, I think it. It's it's definitely something worth thinking about and talking about. Um, maybe not right now, but at some point. <laughs> the, well, this I think idea that we could all be being abducted and just not remember it. I was gonna say I think that's actually part of the. That's actually part of I think the fear that drives a lot of people that are into mm -hmm. this thing is like, the fact that we all could have been. Right. And actually, it's. Like, I don't mean to keep plugging our episode on vampires, but it's gonna be a good one. But it's actually very similar to the the fear of it's actually very, very similar to the story of how vampire fear spreads is it's um, we all could have been visited in the night and none of us would realize it until for some reason we remember having a dream or what we thought was a dream mm -hmm. where a vampire enters our room, paralyzes us. 
with their vision and then bites our neck and sucks right. our energy. Right? Mm-hmm. Turns out you were having sleep paralysis and you freaked out and so you woke up feeling sick or you already were sick. It was a fever dream, whatever. But it, this, again, like, it's part of the... Like, I'm, I have to get this tattooed on me somewhere. Like, myths myths don't change. They just change, co- you know, colors or they change clothing. I'll have to get a better tattoo than that. That's yeah, a that's a slogan. terrible tattoo. <laughs> well, but, it should be on your, but you know what I mean? Should be on you your know what forehead. I mean, though? Like, if, well, when you, you know what I mean, though? Like, yeah. like that... That plays perfectly in the juxtaposition of talking to Travis Walton because yes. Travis mm-hmm. Walton is not your typical abductee. Travis Walton saw a UFO in a field, got out of the truck that he was in with his coworkers, ran over to the UFO. The UFO hit him with the hit him with a beam of light that threw him back. Mm-hmm. The UFO abducted him, and why he thinks the UFO abducted him is not the same reason why people generally think you know they're. Abducted, mm-hmm. no. which is which you know is probably one of the more brilliant moves of this episode yeah yeah i i really do think um throwing and i wish Travis they would have taken on... him out there with them i wish that they would have engaged i know and like I, um yeah. And, yeah and like the and kardashians the kardashians <laughs> took him out to area 51 they took they took the kardashians out to area 51 it was travis walton and Somebody wow. else, I can't remember, but... Uh, Seriously? Yes, That's beautiful. I am not joking. You know they went out to Area 51. <laughs> That's a waste of a day with Travis Walton. It really is. No, man, that's beautiful. That's horrible. That's I would beautiful. spend all day talking to him. Like, I would just, like, I would just sit down and be like, tell me everything. Like, just every detail. Give me everything you have. I want to I wanna hear from Sam. Why is that beautiful? I love that's, the fact that you think that's beautiful. I just... I think it's... I think I could have died without ever knowing that fact and still been. I think, I think that we have, it's beautiful because, oh God, it, it symbolizes, okay, I'm going to change my voice to this. It's beautiful because it symbolizes the sort of, the sort of osmosis and equilibrium. I'm just going to say all these sciencey words to give Chris a freaking. Cor- uh, coronary. coronary. The <laughs> new age the entropy, Sam is bringing science into it. The entropy of the situation. I think it's neat because basically the people who watch the Cardassian show are not always Cardassian, not Cardassian, it's not Star Trek, are not always Cardassian. the people who would necessarily care to learn about Travis Walton or Area 51. Or really anything else. Or anything else at all. Um, I've never seen it, but it does create a good tie-in to the next part because they do. We all are we all good to move forward? Yeah, yes. I think so. Okay, I mean, I feel fine. Do you feel fine? You don't sound like you feel you fine. I'm the most unfine at any time we recorded this episode. <laughs> I'm just saying. Uh, it's what beautiful. I like. What I like. What I like about Sam is that Sam can find beauty even in the darkest of darknesses. Yay! Yeah, absolutely. That's, <laughs> that's what I'm going for here. Even at, even at humanity's lowest, Sam's like, yeah. there's beauty here. There is. There's like beauty. a rose from the concrete. Yes. <sighs> Thanks, Tupac. Yes. All right. <laughs> Wonderful. So, okay. <laughs> this ties into the next event, okay? They're going to the desert because it's yes. time. It's time for the main event. Yes. They get out of the car. This is the tie-in. John Owen is wearing a specific kind of shoe that is not great for the oh, desert. Yeah. Those shoes, unless I am mistaken, which is somebody who spends a lot of time on the Kanye West subreddit, I don't think I am. <laughs> they You think are, they're his. They're Yeezys. 
I'm pretty oh, sure John, I am John pretty Owen is wearing Yeezys to the I alien right. event. D- I did this, not even get that. You're, that's because you're not looking at it with the, the I don't no, know what kind of mind this is, but it is the mind. Um, so this is great because that way, if they get abducted, just in case, we have a natural tie-in to share Kanye West with the visitors from outer Aliens. space, which I think will really help us in our, our species development. But the big problem comes in. He's two yeah. words. Two words. Yeah. Oh, one, oh. one just shows up. stroke just shows in, my, up. in my head, and it is Shaman John. Shaman oh, John has back. returned. He's mm-hmm. back, baby, and I Detroit hate him more than ever. And he's I, worse. So here's, okay. He's worse. Since, since he's a lot worse. Since he's last a lot episode, worse. Since a lot last worse. episode, we did a little bit of digging, mm-hmm. dear listeners. Shaman John was, so he has a master's degree, or a bachelor's degree in electrical engineering, hmm. which, good on him. Good on you, Shaman John. Good job. He, he, um, he decided after working in the world of electrical engineering for a couple of years, like probably like 10 years or something. He decided that he wanted to, he had like a, on his website, he listed as a spiritual reawakening or something like that. And of course his website's background is like Machu Picchu. Right. Was, and you know, all these spiritual kind of places, whatever. And so he, as far as I can tell, attended a, like a seminar series or like a, like a, I don't know, like college for shamans. We were joking that he went to shaman college. <sighs> he did kind of go to shaman college, also taught by someone with dubious credentials. I'm sure. And now he claims that he's a full-fledged shaman. Mm-hmm. And of course he can share with you spiritual awakening and healing for an exorbitant price. For $300. Yeah, ridiculous. Wow. So Seriously? you know. Wait, stop. Just let's stop everything three hundred dollars an hour yeah yep. that's that was the value that we saw for like group retreats and stuff damn yo Do you believe that um i wow. have even spiritual I, awakening is good money. i have an even better story for you and it, 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 it's quick it's uh, it's great though okay my dad was a uh he was a judge for 20 years in my hometown okay i was sitting in court one day and he was hearing this case between uh, this one guy was suing a lawyer over the closing costs of a house. The guy that mm-hmm. was suing the lawyer passed the bar exam. He was a really smart guy. He gave up the life of being a lawyer for a paper route. No joke. Interesting. Hmm. Interesting. That. Mm. No, that's okay. I, you know what? Yeah. I got yeah. Pop- that's to that, so. Right? That's like, a more positive gonna, example. Mm-hmm. I like I was that. Say, isn't isn't all of our goals to give up our day jobs to become podcasters? I mean, that's like, fair. <laughs> I mean, that's a pretty cool. Like, you're going to you're not going to go into law. You're not going to do any of this. You're gonna you know you're just going to deliver papers. You're yeah, gonna earn like fifty dollars a week delivering them. Yeah, papers. it's mm-hmm. a shooing profit. It's not like oh, yeah. you're not going to get yeah, rich. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but like Sean that. John, that Shaman John, he's a shyster. The guy out there slinging papers, he's more honest than Shaman John. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it just just bothers, like, again, it's part of this whole, like, monetization and 
bastardization of legitimate spiritual experience mm-hmm. by these people that are trying to sell you rocks and crystals to mm-hmm. uh you know take in your bad chi and whatever like it's ridiculous it's absolutely ridiculous and anyways shaman john shows up with some drums oh yeah and they just like do a really they get oiled up. Why did they have to get oiled up? I so don't that the, understand. the spirits could see them. Okay, here's the thing. I don't understand any of this. Yeah, why is shaman? This like, is this what you do? Is this what you're supposed to do? It does again. It's like Bigfoot. This shaman. What you're supposed what's, to do. What's interesting here about Shaman John is that some of the things that he did, apart from being completely and totally inappropriate for any white person to do, full stop. Some of the things that he did could be interpreted to be theoretically kind of kind of correct actions in a different scenario. If you are not trying to communicate with aliens, but instead trying to form a bridge between this world and the spirit world, that's where you get things like uh, anointing oils, holy oils. You essentially are trying to get the spirits to see you or recognize you in some way. The big problem is that we're not looking for spirits. We're looking for aliens. And I think that's where we lose the plot of this episode so hard. Like, it is is gone. Also, also, they use Chris's favorite term ever, Space Brothers. Space Brothers. Oh, God. Space Brothers. Of course, Shaman John thinks the aliens are here to help us, and... Is, is very excited to help usher in this new era like, as if he's missed the last like, like 30 years of the abduction experiences and all of that. Like, has there, has there ever been a point where one culture that's more technologically advanced meets another culture that's less technologically advanced and it's gone well nope. never. the less technologically advanced no. one? Never, never, yeah. ever, ever, right? Why do people assume that the aliens are coming to help us as opposed to like, I don't know, turning us into slaves like we fucking did. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't understand. I so think you're why saying, you're saying that Shaman John does not have a nuanced grip on history or <laughs> anything else. Yeah, I think Shaman say. John. He can swing a main drum. I think he Shaman John probably overpaid for those drums. Oh yeah. Oh, I'm oh yeah. Guarantee. I it. can almost guarantee he overpaid for those drums. So, the, I have yeah, I've actually never understood the. Like there was a guy I remember. I maybe Rob, you can you would know more about this, or you you remember the name or the the thing that goes with it or whatever. But I remember there was a there was like a priest or something like a healer or whatever, some kind of spiritual person who claimed that he could get UFOs to communicate with him by like he would uh, he would like go out in the desert with a bunch of people and like call to them, and then they would flash him with lights or whatever. Mm. Do you remember any? Do you have you, have you guys ever had any kind of like read about that? I've or whatever? heard of that. There was a yeah, documentary I, I, on Netflix, but I yeah. I didn't catch it. No, it's so called like the man, that, the curse of the man who sees UFOs or something. I think some something like that. Like this guy. So this guy basically claimed that he could like telepathically communicate with UFOs to make them like flash, you know, whatever lights to be because they told him, of course, that you're the most special person and we need you to tell everyone about us because that's the way it Wait, goes. Wait, is this I guess. in the United States? I think I believe so. so. Are you sure he wasn't looking for Bigfoot? 
It might not be though. He um, might have, no, he might the, have been in South America. The only one that I can think of that could actually do that, that could get like even permission to take like even photographs was Billy Meyer. That's like the only one that comes to mind. I I, I can't Billy think of anybody. Meyer. Where where did he But yeah, that's the thing. Billy Meyer's from like uh somewhere in Europe and like he was mm. totally bogus. Yeah, and it definitely wasn't in Europe. It was either it was either no, it South was definitely Central like in Arizona or, North or something. Yeah. yeah, it was definitely like somewhere desert-ish, I guess. Yeah. Anyways, so yeah, so it's kind of a it's again like kind of a weird mm. thing, and it's like a, it's just like a weird thing too to have done. Like I don't know how this got. I don't know how this got past the editors. Like <laughs> you know what I mean? Like yeah, I don't know. It seems like a lot of near like. It's like it seems like the low files keeps edging really close towards oh. like offensive territory. Oh yeah, oh, I yes. think this was and, like, entirely I offensive. I don't get, like, yes. I don't understand how. I don't know. I don't it's understand because... how like it keeps getting past the people who are like editing this damn show. The well, problem well, is, I thought, I just, I the just... problem is, is that this is the, like, oh god, I'm gonna sound like Alex Jones here. This is the Hollywood elite. Okay, that's the that's the end of the Alex Jones. This is how they view spirituality is through charlatans like this. And charlatans say they they are able to look at like sacred things that have real weight whether or not you believe in spiritual like the spirit world at all anything like that. These sacred ceremonies are performed and they have a measurable effect whether it's because of a spiritual thing or simply because of the entire culture buying into it, believing it, and acting from there. So they are able to see and look at these things and say, that makes a difference, even though this is not for me at all. I am going to take that. And that's where I mentioned it in the first episode, the term of like the plastic shaman comes in, which is somebody who just capitalizes. And because these people have more than $300 an hour, to throw at Shaman John. And you also have like, now I'm going to bring out my Karl Marx. You also have this void that, that comes from capitalism and just uh, obtaining so much money. They're looking for something more. We all are, but the difference is that they have enough money to them that it doesn't matter if they get scammed by charlatans. It's, it's worth it just for the journey for them. Well, and I mean, think think about like, um, Scientology. Too. I mean, Scientology oh is yeah. going to say big, that. Marie. Yeah. Scientology's big base is, is Los Angeles, but I mean, too, it's it's yeah, it's based on LA is largely based on uh, a falsehood, right? How you look, how how young you are, and how yeah. and how that drives in that industry. And it's like I think when that happens, you are at a deficit for any kind of spiritual anything, and yeah. You take, if you've got the money, anything you can get you'll backfill as fast as you can to see if you can get some sort of grounding. Yeah. But I think that there's no, there's no, uh, it's not a coincidence that uh, Scientology got its, got sort of its roots and that's where it's, that's where it's hated. In big is. money town. Yeah. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. I want, I wonder with the, so I've always felt that the, I've always felt just from reading and whatever, and like kind of knowing the history of, or, Learn, you know, knowing, learning about the history of UFO lore and how it's changed mm-hmm. over time and whatever, and the things that have stayed consistent and, you know, still make a believer out of me at least. 
I always wonder I always wonder about what damage UFO cults did to the UFO phenomena. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Cuz like it's really I actually think very quite fascinating like we still look at individuals like say um you know Astonishing Legends did a phenomenal story on um Angelo what was his name Orfeo or- Angelucci Orfeo yeah Orfeo Angelucci Orfeo Angelucci and to me Orfeo's story has always rang as like one of those quintessential UFO cult stories. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because he eventually joined a UFO cult and helped found one. And you know what I mean? Like, it's... I find it very fascinating that a lot of that stuff is now part of, like you were saying, the plastic shaman phenomena. Mm-hmm. You know? Like, it really has become quite mixed in with it. And then, yeah, I think, Marie, you've hit on something really interesting there, which is, it's not really a far jump from, I mean... Scientology is a UFO cult. Yeah. So whatever. It's a really well funded. But like, one. Yeah. yeah. It's like not a huge jump between this idea of like you can buy access to spirituality that isn't that other people have to have to gain or be born with the ability yeah. to access if you believe any of this at all to steal Forrest's phrase, you know. So, yeah, I think it's like or the big uh, the big um, what was it the big wave of Kabbalah. Oh yeah, yeah. exactly. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I mean, well, the thing is, the thing that's really fascinating too is, so the United States, again, part of our whole thesis, or my whole thesis on this stuff, you know, it doesn't change. It just, it just, it doesn't change in kind. It just changes in form. Mm-hmm. the The United States is a country that has always had spiritual revivals every couple of hundred of years. Yeah. And so there was the Shakers, and then there were. You know the, um, the the Shakers. Then there were the spiritualist movement in the United States in like the eighteen fifties, eighteen sixties, the years after and right mm-hmm. before the Civil War. And then we had the nineteen twenties, almost like a, you know, almost like a, a nihilistic uh, spirituality kind of become in vogue. And then the fifties with the UFO, you know, the UFO craze and the spirituality that came out of that and the the appearance and emergence of really powerful, dangerous cults in the sixties and seventies. And so in this, I almost view, I almost view the, and so one argument that's always posited is that these, the fact that they just appear as like upswells of spirituality mm-hmm. is just kind of a, like a mistake of the way that history is written. The argument is that this vein of like, de- like democratized spirituality where, in America, we think everything, everyone has an opinion and everyone's opinion is valid. And, you know, like these, these things that spring from democracy, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. kind of international character. It also plays into the same realm of spirituality where everyone thinks they can have direct access to the spiritual and the, and the mm-hmm. powerful. And so we think, well, why should we follow a, a church with long traditions when there's a guy down the block who claims he can cure my cancer with with uh, nanoparticle silver. You know right, what I mean? Like, right. we... The, and so the argument is that while there are periods where our political and economic problems make it so that these spiritual movements gain more footing in, like, the popular realm, this idea of a democratized spirituality has always been out there. And so, yeah, this whole, like, Shaman John is such an interesting... Like, he's, he maybe is the most interesting character on this show. I think the truck... Because I the guess. Truck, the truck... <laughs> The truck is the know, most. Man. I just maybe if the I, truck was like had a night rider aspect where it talked to you too, uh, that would have been right. Fun. That would be good. Ah, 
I don't know. I hope you didn't just spoil season two. For I you. probably <laughs> did. You know. <laughs> we haven't seen it. We haven't seen the entirety of the season yet. No. All right. Yeah. So, so what's everyone's takeaways here? We've kind of been. We've, we've kind of. So we've had. We did three episodes. We did the right. underwater base. Yeah. We did the Bigfoot, and then we did the desert uh, drum circle episode. What, what? What? What do you guys? Final thoughts. Let's go, Rob. Final thoughts on those three episodes. <laughs> um. I, I consider these three episodes uh, to be the low point, ha ha ha, ha of ha, ha. <laughs> the low files. Um, it like for one, you take you take a really great first episode and then you cut it in half for three mm-hmm. episodes, and they're edited in such a way where you're getting so little of everything that that the like. Because really good, like, and it's obviously not a scripted show, but a really good scripted show can edit a sh- edit their show in such a way that makes you feel like you've been watching it for an hour instead of a half hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, the one show yeah. that really comes to mind, and it's because they had multiple plot lines going on every single episode, was Scrubs. Every time I watched Scrubs, I always felt oh, like yeah. it was an hour-long episode. But these were... Uh, for one, the underwater base, that thing has been disproven. It was disproven three years ago. I don't even know why we're still talking about it. I'm kind of angry mm-hmm. that I'm talking about it right now. Um, <laughs> uh, the the Bigfoot one, I felt, I, I, I kind of felt it was disrespectful to the Hoopa people because mm-hmm. uh, to go to the Hoopa reservation and to be allowed to drive there on there at night because you have to get permission you drive out there you yell like a bunch of maniacs and you still think that you can hunt bigfoot no you can't do that you even had to Correct. invent a term for this squatching squatching okay you took you took bigfoot's name and you and, and you made it a verb no we don't we don't we don't do that so that that's terrible um <laughs> the alien abduction S- one Squatching's is not a thing no it's not a thing it just okay. it, get it out of your vocabulary nobody needs it it's a bad work i have a hat hanging on my my wall I know. right now i'm i'm that giving you a pass to differ with you i'm going i'm going to give <laughs> you a pass we... sam I'm giving you a pass. All right. You're the only one. All right. What if you're my brother? What if we start? I'll, I'll, I'll what if it's ironic? <laughs> what if we use it in a meta-ironic no, sense? No. What, what if we start using it like a like a, a a replacer, like like Smurf? We say like, oh, I just I you should have seen what I just squashed out of my squash. Because that's literally just Rick and Morty is what you're doing right now. Oh right, squash. They say squash. Yeah. Ah, so squash. Uh, okay. I'm pretty so sure close. that's trademarked. Yeah. yeah. Maybe not. Yeah. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Squatch me. Okay, so we, we're we're at the alien abduction. Thank you. Marie. We're at the alien abduction, and while most of what happened in that episode is hokey crap, yes, I I I'm not a fan of taking a bunch of glow sticks and putting them in the desert and assuming that can summon aliens. I'm not a fan of taking off your shirt and oiling yourself up and assuming that's what aliens want. Mm-hmm. But you gave me Travis Walton, and I appreciate that. <laughs> So that's the slight. That's the only thing that I have enjoyed from these three episodes. The rest is garbage. I still love you, Rob Lowe, and I'm still gonna watch, but I'm angry. And I think that's humbling. fair. That's fair to Damn. say. All right, Marie. Yeah, so I'm. I feel like I'm in the same place I was like episode one i still don't think in fact if anything i'm more way to the fact that i don't think that like he's very serious 
Roblo is very serious about any of this in any regards. And it's sort of like, again, it's, it's kind of gone from wink, wink, nudge, nudge to almost open ridicule, which to me, it's like, you mm-hmm. shouldn't do that. Like, I love the fact with him and the kids. And that to me is sort of what they should have been anchoring it more with instead of just sort of being a dick. Right. There's no mm-hmm. need for that. Like, right. there's no, mm-hmm. that's just, mm-hmm. that's just, that just is like, it belittles the whole reason that you love it. Like if he loves this so much and he's so into it, you would almost sense that there would be more of a natural appreciation of it, which I am mm-hmm. still missing. It could also be, I'm still a little bit bitter. I'm st- I still don't think I get access to his tweets, but whatever. Yeah. We need to keep, whatever. keep tabs. <laughs> he's got a lot that. of, he's got a, he's got a lot of explaining to do. He does. Yeah. You know, for me. Yes. Yeah, truly, cool. truly. What's happening? Mm. Sam? Okay. I I have decided it's I, I have decided that the best way in general to live my life is a complete and total ego death. And I am applying that to this show. <laughs> I am saying I am I am choosing not to say Roblo, you idiot. Shaman John, you idiot. But instead instead saying yes more now the exception is the alien base episode that was complete crap that that hurt me to see because i was so excited but when it comes to the bigfootish episode which i do have issues with i do think that rob's point of not consulting the hoopa people and instead consulting matt moneymaker is Mm -hmm. like the biggest snub of the the decade if if not forever in mankind history but so be it. I want to focus on what the a snub. It is the what a the, snub. the alien abduction episode was my favorite out of these. The first two, you know, the first one, I never want to experience anything like that again. Sasquatch, I can deal with. The alien abduction episode, I know I said a lot of things about what people should and shouldn't do and how they were completely and totally disrespectful, but that episode when looking through it of a man and his children and some charlatan having a good time, it, it made me happy. Like I was sitting there apart from the, when they thought that they had to trap aliens with fulgurite and set up snares. I enjoyed that thoroughly. And I was sitting here laughing and I was saying, Rob, come on, man. Like aliens don't need glow sticks to find you. You're you're bastardizing entire sacred religious ceremonies, but you could just see how happy everyone was there. And that made me happy. And uh, in my little room in Idaho, I felt felt some joy and I felt some hope. And and, I I feel some joy, but Sam feels some joy. Good. Interesting. Good. That's redeeming in its own self, because I will tell you, if the aliens need to find you, all they need to do is activate the implant. That's it. Period. Exactly. 100%. I find it interesting that we're kind of all going through the five stages of grief with this show. (laughs) We, like, started with denial. It's only four We started with denial. The boat episode was anger. Uh Uh-huh. Then Bigfoot, it's like bargaining. We're like, well, at least they went to the right forest. <laughs> this alien one was just depression, and so I'm hoping we'll get some acceptance coming along soon here. I, yeah, like, I just find it unf- Like, I would... I think what the Low Files has shown me so far is that I would really enjoy a show about Lob- Rob Lowe and his kids just traveling the world. Oh, like, yeah. Like, seeing stuff. 
Like, that's the show I want to see, not to have to tap on all this other crap that, like, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. they're it's not being taken seriously, and that's fine. It's it's not really a serious show, I suppose. But, you know, I think, yeah. I think yeah. if you had Just... taken this show and put it on the Travel Channel, I would be yes. so down oh, right yeah. now. So down yeah. right now. Yeah. But... Yeah. Right now, it feels like A&E is trying to relive its glory days when they had shows like Paranormal State on their network. And mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean, listen, A&E, if you're listening to this podcast and you need a grope, <laughs> a grope, a grope. Jesus what? Christ. Okay, dude. You totally flubbed that. It's 2017, totally Chris. That's not appropriate, nor is it okay. <laughs> You know, maybe they do. Maybe they do need a grope. We didn't hear. We didn't hear back from Annie yet on that. Our lawyers. Well, we A&E, didn't hear from their lawyers. Annie, now I'm embarrassed. But you want to come over for a drink, A&E, Annie? If you need a group of paranormal investigators, you know who to call. We're your boys and women. That's who we are. I'll be the bobo yes. of your show right now. <laughs> oh, <God>. Ooh. <laughs> All right, well, that's it for this episode of The Lowdown. We hope that you've enjoyed it. I am Chris Cogswell, and my co-host will introduce themselves as well. I'm Marie Mayhew. I'm going to let Rob go first. (laughs) I'm Rob Christofferson, and I'm thoroughly angry. I'm Sam Fredrickson, and I'm riding the wave and enjoying the journey. Mm -hmm. He is. Wow. Wonderful. Peace be unto All you, right, my we'll, space brothers. We'll, we'll, we'll space brothers, brothers and sisters. We'll, yes. we'll be back soon. We have to watch the other episodes that are coming out. We're on episode five now. Mm-hmm. Yes. How many episodes are there? I, don't I think know. there's like, like ten to twelve. Eight, maybe six, we, seven, or eight. Oh my god. We may be missing oh, a lot. Oh, we have so many left to go. We, you guys have well, lucky you listeners. We'll see you next time on The Lowdown. Oh, yeah. I'm Eliza, and I need you to listen to me. Have you ever felt so much that you don't know where to put it all, and you wonder if anyone would notice if you screamed? Because you want to. Scream for the ones they've hurt, the ones they've taken. Scream for yourself. These are my words, my story from my perspective. Because I know you'll hear other versions. Because I want you to have a chance to believe mine. Or at least hear it. If you're getting this, it's already over. But if one of you listens, really listens, it won't be for nothing. <laughs>